started um because i got a jam pack jam pack um docket for today i mean it's it's amazing um this list was even made two weeks ago because i had every intention of doing um a show last week i actually had every intention of doing two shows two weeks ago i wanted to do the movies joint and then i wanted to do this episode um but you know life happens and you just don't get to do all of the stuff you want to do so i didn't get to it and but i have been extremely diligent extremely diligent on making sure that i've jotted down stuff that i wanted to talk about um new stuff that pops up um i think i even have something as as new as yesterday um with the information we were provided um with my man taken Liam Niels, ne- what was his name? Liam Neeson. Damn, I really didn't mess his name up. It doesn't matter. We are gonna call him Taken. Um, but we'll 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 start there with Taken. We'll start there with Taken just because I brought it up. Um, my man Liam said that he was told that a, a good friend of his had been sexually assaulted, had been raped. Um, and he asked the friend. He said. He said, well, what, what does the guy look like? You know, um, I'm assuming he asked about a whole bunch of other characteristics, but the only characteristic that came up in this quote was, you know, what color was he? Was he black? And my man Liam said that, <laughs> my man Liam said that he was so enraged and so upset that he wanted he he wandered the streets of the UK for about a week. I'm not sure that the little town he's in in the UK, so we'll just assume it's London. I don't know. Um, we'll just be safe. We'll say the UK. That pretty much covers everything. Um, he said that he had a whole week went by, and he was hoping and praying that some black person, some black man would come out of a pub, so a bar or a club, okay, and start some shit with him, so that he could then take that nigga out, okay, this is the realest shit I could say, this is what Taken said out of his mouth, he said that if he was given the opportunity, 
Robin Robbins asked him, would you have killed him? Did you really think you would do that? And he was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's exactly where my head was at. Now, I'm not mad at you for wanting to honor your friend, family member, or whoever was sexually assaulted. But I'm a little concerned that you just were going to kill any random ass black person. Um, Robin Williams did ask her, or ask Taken, if the person was white, would you have done the same thing? And he said, to his credit, yes. He said, if, if, if his friend would have told him that it was a, a Scot, or Irish, okay? All of these different ways that they, you know, separate white people, bless it, um, in the UK, if, so basically he's saying if it, you know it doesn't matter what group he was from he was going to be a racist asshole to that group and possibly take someone's life that had absolutely positively nothing to do with his friend getting raped because of the way that they looked because their skin was the color in which the rapist skin you see so I mean damn I, I this episode is going to be heavily on cancel culture. So, I mean, it's only fitting that we talk about this with him. But damn, Liam. Really? So we're just going to straight take anybody anybody out. And I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like what he's saying is completely and utterly just beyond the realm of, of comprehension. Because, you know, obviously after Dylan Roof went in and shot up the church, I'm pretty sure there's some black people and a white person came up into that church, looked at them with the side eye. Because, listen, what you doing here? What you doing here? Because, listen, we, we already we already welcomed one of you and you, and, you, and you made us go to nine funerals, okay? You put nine funerals in front of us when we, when we let one of you in. You see, so I'm sure that there's that type of prejudice, that type of um, fear, that type of anger, that type of confusion anytime anything like this were to happen. But I mean, damn, kill him? Man, but you know, this is just the struggle. So, so the real question is, so is Liam, Liam Neeson, is he canceled? I mean, are we not going to ever watch Taken again? Taken one, Taken two, Taken three. You know, I've only seen Taken 1 and 3. My mother said there was absolutely nothing to see on Taken 2, so I am not even going to waste my life. But, and and I make this joke all the time, Liam literally makes Taken every single year. He makes this movie over and over and over again. If somebody, you have wronged somebody in his life, he is now going to hunt you down. He is going to kill you. He's going to do his damnedest to make sure that he, did you never come back if he can't kill you? You know, these are the same things, you know. Flight plan. He was asleep on a plane. He wakes up. Life's a whole disaster now. Oh, God. Now he's got to fight to, to get to his people and make sure. You know, listen, listen, listen. My man Liam does basically the same movie. So, I, listen. The jury's out on, on Liam right now. Because I wasn't mad at some of the stuff he said in the interview. I really wasn't. I really wasn't. I wasn't mad. I was more shocked that he just volunteered this information. Um, but then my, my question's always, well, why would he have volunteered this information? Well, clearly, I'm guessing he volunteered this information to show how much hatred can, can jump in you. And then once you get to a place in which you can say, okay, 
okay, you know what? I was um I was doing the most. I was doing the most. Um, then when you have that opportunity to sit back and say, okay, you know what? My actions might not may not have been acceptable. They might not have been appropriate. Typically, people who have this time to sit back. It's after they've done the dumb shit that their head told them to do, and they're sitting in jail having this one-on-one with themselves, okay? So, thank God that Liam Neeson didn't um, kill anyone. Thank God he didn't take uh, a beautiful black soul out because a terrible black soul raped his friend. You see what I'm saying? So thank God for that. I don't know. Jury's still out on Liam right now. I'll I, I come back to it another time. I'll come back to it when I get back to this other, this other cancel culture stuff. So, okay. So first up on the docket. Um, I was going to discuss hair and relationship stuff because that a, a friend of mine was supposed to... Um, beyond this episode but schedules and such so we're gonna push the hair and the relationship stuff to the next episode I guess um underneath relationship just touching quickly and relationships I, I have written next to relationships Tony and Birdman and the only reason I have that written there is because Tony, I, you know, if you guys follow this insignificant stuff, um, Tony Braxton and Birdman, the Birdman, they were, um, they were dating, allegedly, and we all saw it, and we didn't believe it, none of us, not one of us, not even, I bet her actual, um, siblings, I bet you her family didn't even believe that this was real life, um, but in any case, it was, and then, the other day, they had a very real relationship situation where they broke up. And it wasn't just that they broke up. I'm not happy about them being broken up and being and being um, lonely or single or whatever. Because that's not, that's not the, the point of the comment. The point of the comment is that I was extremely elated that that kind of thing had happened. Not because, oh, they don't need to be together. But because I didn't believe this to be real. So, so for me... It's extremely real for people to be together, break up, make up, break up, make up, you know, all of this stuff. That's very, very real in my life, amongst my friends, my family members, and whomever else that has ever crossed my my path. So, when I saw Tony Braxton's, you know, elaborate IG post about how, you know, things aren't always, you know, um good things aren't all, or something about things, basically, all good things come to an end, um, all that, right, it was a very girl response, a very female response, you know, trying to keep her head up, you know, trying to, and then Birdman goes to Instagram Live, and it's just like, it's over, (laughs) you know what I'm saying, it's such a dude thing, it was such, this is such a relationship, and I was like, wow, so that's when I started taking it serious, I was like, okay, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe this is real, this is the real deal, and then a couple days later, what they doing, hugged up again, you know, uh, Birdman came and surprised her at, um, at her show, 
and they basically walked off that stage and she was elated i could tell she was happy you can tell when a woman is happy that a guy is doing something that shows oh you care about me you know oh you're not taking me for granted and i mean tony could very well be the problem in the relationship okay she could very well be the problem in the relationship but you know um statistics show that um typically um it's the it's the man that's having problems um keeping it together okay because women are very patient for the most part and some some women are very patient um some are not some are not going to have time for it some are not going to be with the shits and um so we'll see we'll see so that's all i wanted to talk about it's not even news it's not even important but i just thought that that was an interesting way to look at stuff because you know for me again like i said it didn't seem real and then once real life stuff started happening in real life stuff started being said i was like oh shit this is for real this is okay it's a real relationship oh okay all right this is it all right let me take them serious you know um but anyway that that's all i had to say about that so you know we can either touch on that another time or um you know leave this right here um Okay, so I wanted to touch first, I want to talk about cancel culture. Cancel culture is um, the big point of this whole show, and I'm pretty sure I'll name it that. Um, um, or something along those lines of canceling. Who's canceling who? You know, one of those things. Um, and I'm bringing this up before I bring up cancel culture because um, when I was putting this show together the Chris Brown accusations over in Paris had, had just happened. So if you guys are not aware, Chris Brown was accused of raping a woman in Paris, France, um, about a week and a half ago. Um, it is, it was then found or discovered that the young lady had, had lied. Um, and that it was not Chris Brown that had raped her um and he was you know exonerated i don't know that you're exonerated because he was never really i don't don't think he was officially charged with anything um but he you know he maintained that he didn't do it and it came to be that that was the truth and and then he came out with a shirt that says this bitch lying now listen i want me some boys um when I, you know, have children, and I would love to have a boy or two, and it's a scary time right now for, for men, because all of the learned behavior that you guys have, have picked up over the years is coming home to roost, and it's coming home to roost in totally different ways, ways you could have never imagined it to come home and roost, so as a woman, I look ahead, we think ahead, and I look to my future sons, how am I going to raise my son to understand that you are to respect women, you are to never put your hands on them, you are never to, um, you know, go further than what they allow? No means absolutely, positively no. If it's not yes, it's no, right? So these are the things that we were told when we were kids. If it wasn't a yes, then it's a no, okay? I don't want to hear it. I remember specifically, you know, this was hit this was hit hard in in high school and in middle school. So I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh, well, they just didn't talk to us about that kind of Yes, they did. They definitely did. They hit it hard. They they hit it very hard. No means no means no means no. Um 
what they didn't hit though was these little idiosyncrasies these little things that um none of us really thought about because it was the way that it was and you never think about the way that things are until things aren't that way anymore simple um so it's it's a very tough time for guys to know what they can say and what they can't say and what they can do and what they can't do because they never ever ever had to think about that isn't that amazing like they never had to think oh i should not say this to this woman i should not say that about her i should definitely not touch her here i shouldn't do this i shouldn't they never had to think about that they never had to think about that and the ones that did have to think about it had significant reason to think about it so it could have been a situation where they had gotten in trouble of you know in trouble for this in the past um they have sisters okay because sisters help sisters will let you know that you this that's not the way son that's not the way bro you know sisters will help that um a mother that pays attention will definitely help that um a father that pays attention will help it you know everyone that pays attention and is a decent person can understand that there are certain things that you need to teach your boys and there are certain things that we need to teach our girls simple and plain i'm not even you know there's nothing more to say about that um but you know so i didn't like that chris brown had released the the t-shirt this bitch lion um i didn't think that was necessary i do like the fact that he was going to um sue her press charges against her or basically sue her for for defamation of character i believe um maybe slander i'm not sure probably defamation of character um my problem is is that when you do that nothing happens um because i was watching uh, a clip of state of the culture the other day after well, earlier today or maybe even yesterday where remy ma was saying nothing happens when you do that when you go to zoom they don't have any money so they're not going to be hitting their pocket they're not going to have to do anything there's no repercussions for people specifically women who falsely accuse these guys of doing god knows what else and, and here's my problem my problem is, is if if <laughs> if rape and sexual assault wasn't so game over you see what i'm saying then okay but no this is this means this means a lot this is this is this is on the same level of calling someone racist this is on the same level of calling someone bigoted this is on the same level of um any type of hate that you can say out of your face so anti-semitic um anti-gay um all of these antis you know yeah all of these all of these terms are are just like nails in the coffin this is okay lights out all right all right this is what you know the society cares a lot about now and i appreciate that because you know as, as a as a female growing up um I think the first time that I actually experienced any type of like sexual harassment or anything like that, I think I was eight or nine. Like, could you imagine your eight or nine year old child being violated? Like, and 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 thank God that I had great parents and that I. <laughs> 
it took me some years to get through the issues that that developed from that very day but thank god i was able to get through it and and try to start to have some sort of normal you know view of men and you know a normal life in dating you know um so this stuff really affects everybody whenever you know it happens when it's you people are accused of things because i'm sure there's guys out here now that are very cautious which you should be anyway um very very cautious about who they speak to how they speak to these women what situations are they left in is there more than one female with me more than one of my fellas with me you know saying like and if they're not thinking about this then they're gonna be the next idiot in the headlines talking about they were accused of this they were accused of that you know what i'm saying listen the game has not changed the players are different and if you want to play this damn game, you need to get smarter as a player. So do not put yourself in these jacked up situations. Now, having said all of that, um, Chris Brown didn't do anything, allegedly, and I believed him from jump. And that resonated with me by myself because this was the same exact reaction that I had from my boy Chris Brown when the Rihanna thing popped up 10 whole years ago. Can y'all believe that? So for ten for ten years ago, when the news broke on Grammy night, so we come in dangerously close to the ten year mark actually. So on Grammy night, ten years ago or so, um, this is when all of this went down. And I remember thinking and saying, Well what on earth did she do to Breezy? Okay, because he would just haul off and knock her out like that. You know? Now my thirty five year old self would not say that. My 35-year-old self would say, well, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now I'm going to be like, well, hold up, hold up, okay? Well, let me hear the whole story. What happened? You know, because I'm very much into the story. I I can't get upset when people go, oh, he said this, like, the, like earlier with Liam Neeson. Okay, I didn't get immediately upset when I heard what the man had said about wanting to kill a uh, random black person. I needed context. I need to understand what he's talking about because we all say really fucked up shit when we're upset, when we're scared, when we're in any type of emotional state other than just normal stasis. You see what I'm saying? So, um, we say all kinds of jacked up stuff. I've said ridiculously, you know, not PC, racist, ignorant shit in my life. I'm not um, happy about that, but I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm perfect either. And I refuse to hold these celebrities and, and whoever else decides they want to make themselves famous um, to a standard that I'm not held to or that I don't hold myself to. And I don't want to be a, a racist person. I don't want to be a jerk. I don't want to be an asshole, bitch. I don't want to be any of those things. But you know sometimes life just is what it is. Okay? So, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm just, I felt bad about that. I felt bad that immediately, yet again, I did not even consider my sister's side okay because i mean to be perfectly honest with you we can sit here and we can you know draw these lines in the sand and everything but you know black people we're all one women we're all one 
Okay? So, it's like, I really feel that way. I truly do. Because at the end of the day, I don't care if you're black or white, you know, Hispanic, Asian. If you're a woman, you're getting paid less than that man over there. And it doesn't matter what man it is. Because you're getting paid less than him. And guess what? So am I. We're in the same fucking getting paid less than both. Okay? So, I look at things like that. Okay? So, I found myself being hypocritical when it came to cancer cult- cancel culture. I'm not saying cancer. I'm saying cancel. Cancel culture. Because, um, shouldn't Chris Brown be canceled? If this were, you know, 10 years ago and I was still 35 years old, would would he be canceled? Would I have given him a second chance? Would I have given Chris Brown a second chance after he did what he did to Rihanna? If we were in the Me Too movement 10 years ago, like, would you still dig Breezy? If Me Too had popped off flat, you know, 10 years ago? The answer is no. The answer is Chris Brown would be like R. Kelly. Except Chris Brown has done absolutely nothing that R. Kelly has done. But when I say they'd be the same, it's you'd have your Chris Brown apologists, you'd have your Chris Brown supporters, and then you'd have everyone else who didn't like him and can't get past the fact that he... Look, look how long it took people to get past that shit 10 years ago. It took a while for people to get past that. Like, I remember being like, well, damn, that was five years ago. Y'all still talking about that? You know what I'm saying? So, just look, just look at how long it took. I, I hate to make things, you know, bring race into it, so I won't say white America, but let's just, just imagine, just, just see how long it took America to be like, alright, Chris Brown, we'll, we'll go ahead and let you continue to do what you like to do, which is sing and, and be great, you know. And he quietly went about his business of making music great music, by the way, hits, always, um, having a clothing line, it's very successful, he's got a little baby girl now, a little daughter, so that actually changes things up for me, with him, because see, I believe, (laughs) I believe that your shit comes back to you through your kids, and I believe every single dude that's out there, when our any of your favorite rappers, any of your favorite singers, any of your favorite comedians or anything like that, all of them that have those beautiful little girls, it's because they've been fucking up. And unfortunately, your little girl is going to have to go through and meet some dudes that was just like you. And... I know for a fact that terrifies some of these guys. Because it would terrify me if I were T.I. Okay? If I were T.I., I'd be terrified for Deja to become of dating age and come out here dating these dudes from Atlanta. I'd be horrified. Horrified. Now, Lil Deja looks like she can hold her own and she looks like she you ain't just gonna come... You, you, you ain't... You know what I'm saying? It looks like it ain't gonna be no easy go. But it doesn't have to be an easy go. All it takes is one loser. You see? And so... That is the kind of thing that changed my mind on Chris Brown and his ability to see himself and his his mistakes in Move Ahead. 
You got the daughter. He's, he has been absolutely clean ever since he got out of jail, um, which was at least eight years ago. Um, so my guy has been doing well. So I had no reason truly to believe that this man did this, honestly, truly. Um, but I'm going to just go right into cancel culture because should Chris Brown be canceled? If we're going to use our standards that we're using right now today and cancel a Gladys Knight or Erica Badu, then yeah, sure, he should be canceled, sure. But are we going to do that? Hell no. So I've got a list of people here that that my people want to cancel for various reasons. Uh, Gladys Knight's at the top of my list, and the reason Gladys Knight is at the top of my list is because Gladys Knight signed up and performed the national anthem and at, at the Super Bowl excuse me let me not leave out the most important part of that statement at the Super Bowl okay so Gladys Knight he, she did her thing it was it was very nice like I said in the first episode is it was bluesy to the motherfucker um, but people really wanted to cancel Gladys Knight because they didn't want her to come and sing the national anthem and I feel like this. What are y'all talking about? Listen, Gladys Knight is 77 years old. So what does that mean, people? That means Gladys Knight actually lived through and fought through the civil rights movement. During a time in which there was actually life or death circumstances. There's life and death. She lived through that time and fought with her people and for her people. Listen, she fought the fight that you people are pretend worried about. She has fought this fight. She had to drink from the colored only water fountain. She had to come in the back of the of the venue. Okay? She had to go get her food from the back window. Okay? I don't want to hear this. <laughs> Y'all niggas that ain't never, and I mean never, experienced nothing like that before. Don't get no opportunity to cancel Gladys Knight. Specifically, because she did not come out and try to down the situation that people are in right now. She's not out here saying, hey, this protest is for the birds. She's not saying any of that stuff. She understands it, and she agrees. But let me tell you something. If Miss Gladys Knight got to go get a coin, she got to go get a coin. And to go sing the national anthem for the country that she loves, the country that she lives in, that's her business. I refuse to cancel her for that. She's too old. I respect her too much to cancel her for that. You guys out of your goddamn mind. All right? Now, next on my list is Erica Badu. You people want to cancel Erica Badu because she came... Uh, about a week or so after the R. Kelly um, documentary came out, um, Erica Badu went to Chicago, performed, and in the middle of her performance, she basically stated that um, she's praying for R. Kelly, and that um, I'm not sure that she said she was praying for the victims, but basically what she was going for was, she was basically saying she prays for him, and if he did what you know is being he's being accused of, then he should definitely pay all of these things. My only issue with a lot of these celebrities is this if factor. The if factor. I'm sorry. But I mean once that man 
with his greasy face came on the TV and said that he forged Aaliyah's um, age on the marriage license. Once, once that nugget was revealed, it doesn't matter about your ifs. Your ifs are non-existent because it's no longer an if. It's a. It's when. It's when he did this. Okay, when they did that, it's not if. There's no if. So take the if out your throat. Take the if out your throat. Because there's no more ifs. Stop it. Stop it. But I'm still not going to cancel Erica Badu for her bullshit. Because at the crux of her message, it wasn't on some, oh, I'm up here representing and I respect and I love R. Kelly and I refuse to say anything. Listen, this isn't the brat, okay? And I love the brat. 1994, the brat came out with Functified and it was the dopest thing ever. All right, she's been doing her thing for a very long time. She had um, some some um, uh, some legal issues, and she had to go away. She came back. She got her life all the way together. The brat is a R. Kelly fan, and I guess they know each other personally. So there's this notion that because I know you personally. And because we shared what we've shared, and maybe you were there for me when I had no one else. You know, all of these things go into play with people like the brat. And when they say what they have to say about R. Kelly. My problem with the brat was, before the documentary ever came out, when they were talking about this documentary being um, recorded, and then they were talking about it, you know, being aired, and all this stuff, and the bomb threats, and all this like when they were talking about this stuff before, you know, the brat was just, well, where the parents at? Where the parents at? Now, I'm very sorry, okay? Y'all can sit here with that where the parents at shit until y'all blue in the face and until I'm blue in the face. And listen, I'm brown skinned. You ain't gonna ever see blue on my face, okay? So, I don't want to hear the where the parents at, okay? Because the parents is exactly where the parents always are, okay? Around. Alright, they're right there. They're right there. Let me tell you something. My parents was right there on my behind, as close as I am on this mic, and I still was able to get out and do stuff I had no business doing. Still. And my friends and family were concerned. They, not concerned about me, not concerned about my parents or my household or anything like that, but they thought that my parents were strict. And I still was able to do stuff that I had no business doing. Still. So I don't want to hear about where the parents was at when y'all talk about R. Kelly. Because this man is really good at manipulating people. He's very good at it. He manipulated the hell out of America for 20 plus years. Even though we knew what he was doing. We knew what he was doing. We knew it. And we still. And we still. Had to see this fucking documentary before. There was anybody extra extra concerned about the situation. Before people were saying they weren't going to spin this music anymore. Before you know all of these things happened. Come on man. 
Come on. Oh, that was my only issue with Eric Badu. The if. There is no if. So get the if out your throat. It's when. Now they want to cancel Big Boy from out from Outcast. My man Big Boy. Alright. So why we wanna why we wanna cancel Twan and Twan Pat, aka Big Boy from Outcast. Why would we wanna cancel Big Boy? Well, they wanna cancel Big Boy because Big Boy performed at the Super Bowl. Halftime Super Bowl, small little sliver of um small little sliver of um stage time he had where he came out and did the way you move and I think that's it and it was such a it's such an Atlanta moment I mean listen the Kaepernick stuff is what's really got the black community up in arms and divided on this situation we have black people who refuse to pay attention to the NFL until Colin Kaepernick gets a job and until realistically I don't even think they want just him to get a job I think it would even behoove the NFL to apologize okay for allowing this specter to go on but you know they can't do that because if they do that then that's admitting that there was collusion right there was you can't admit there was collusion because Colin Kaepernick actually is still suing the NFL for collusion so um so then I get to a place where I'm like okay so where are we at in this collective um boycott are we serious still about the boycott and what are we boycotting so okay so big boy they want to they want to go ahead and cancel him because he performed and here's why I'm not canceling big boy okay here's why I'm not going to cancel Big Boy because it's very simple and it's very clear and cut. That motherfucking Super Bowl was in Atlanta. Atlanta last weekend, I'm sure, was is as lit as it could be in Atlanta. I mean, just think about Atlanta on any given weekend. And then think about it on a holiday weekend. And then think about it on a sports weekend. Oh my God. Can you imagine what Atlanta looked like this past week? So, not even weekend, the whole week. Because NFL players got there like Tuesday of last week, you know? So, once the players start getting there, then the then the players start getting there. You see what I'm saying? The big players, you know? And then, of course, you have uh, Atlanta is a cornucopia, okay, of talent and just culture and music and just greatness. It's, it is. It's just, it just is. Um... So, you put all of that together, and then you put in there that Big Boy is born and raised um, in Georgia. I'm, I think he, he might have grew up in Savannah, but then they made, they made it to Atlanta. Savannah is 30 minutes away from my hometown, Hilton Head, South Carolina. Um, we know Savannah very, very well. Now, the first video that Outkast even had, they, they showed the projects and I knew exactly where the hell that was because there's Popeye's chicken right down the street from that project <laughs> and we would go to Popeye's and get our chicken <laughs> we would go get our goddamn Popeye's chicken and then we would take our ass back to Hilton Head okay it was no Popeye's on Hilton Head back then. it was all in Savannah that and crystals okay uh, but anyway um 
So yeah. So yeah. So now I'm not canceling Big Boy because this man is Georgia born, Georgia bred, and his biggest dream was to be able to perform live at the NFL halftime show at Super Bowl if slash when it made it to Atlanta, Georgia. That is a very specific and pointed ass goal. That is something that doesn't come along very often. So. Having said all that, I'm not canceling Big Boy for going out there and doing his song and coming out in his motherfucking Cadillac and his fucking mink and his Atlanta garb on and saying ATL, ho. I'm not mad at that because for the fucking culture, that was the shit. Alright? Not for this new culture, but for the original outcast culture, like the 90s kids that grew up listening to outcasts and shit. Alright? That was the realest shit for us. Because at that point, you fucking made it. The only thing that would have made it sweeter, if, if if he brought three stacks out with him, and they did, like, uh, elevators or something. If they came out and did elevators, and, and, and it was three stacks, oh my god, can you, can you imagine... And you wouldn't cancel them. You wouldn't cancel out cast. You wouldn't cancel them. So don't even fucking lie. You would not cancel out cast. So if you wouldn't do it, then damn it, I'm not doing it to big boy. Fuck it. He's, a, he's one half of Outcast that's still constantly recording, still constantly putting out good music, still constantly out here working. This man's got different businesses. He gives back to this community in Atlanta, in the surrounding areas. In Georgia. You think for one second I'm going to cancel that man because he went out there and got his um, uh, check for, for performing and then and then more more accolades after because you know once you go on there your streams go up people start checking for your music people want to see who else was there all of that stuff. Man please. Man please. Okay. And then, of course, lastly, Chris Brown was on my list of people who I'm not prepared to cancel. And uh, we already touched on that a lot, so I'm not even going to go into that. Um, and then on my list of three people, and it, this list is steadily growing um, as people continue to be dumb. Um, but three people that are on this list that definitely can be and are canceled is R. Kelly, Omarosa, and then 50 Cent. 50 Cent isn't as obvious as the others two, the other two, but 50 Cent could be canceled at any moment. I mean, damn, just pick your poison. Pick, pick a situation. Pick a scenario. Pick a year. Pick one year. Just pick a year, and you can cancel 50 Cent on some bullshit for real. Um, but you know, I'm not here to 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 bash that man specifically, but just to say that we have to be very careful with this cancel culture. You know, we have to figure out what we're going to be mad at as a group collectively. Um, but then, honestly, we really don't. Um, you just don't need to come at me because I'm not willing to cancel the people that you are adamant about canceling. That's really all it is. If you can respect me in my mind, I think we'll be all right. But the problem is, is that people think that their opinion is fucking gold. And so if you don't agree with that motherfucker, then you are an idiot. And now you're canceled because you won't cancel who I want you to cancel. And it's like, come on. What are we doing? What are we doing? So, <sighs> that's that's cancel culture. I'm, I'm going to move on because I had other stuff I wanted to talk about. Because it's just getting me more and more aggravated, honestly. Um... 
since we talked about Big Boy, I'm going to go ahead and keep it right with the Super Bowl. Um, let me turn my page here. Cause, uh, so let's talk first the game. The game itself, um, I watched the game. I did. I Listen, I was totally turned off from the NFL for two years. Last year was the highest... Like, I was like, you know what? I'm not even into it anymore. It physically made my stomach hurt. I didn't care about watching football at all last year. At all. This year started out that way. But then when I started seeing some of these players, you know, specifically the Chiefs and the Rams, because that's what we thought we were going to see in the Super Bowl. We thought we were going to see fun-ass teams like the Chiefs and the fucking Rams. We saw the Rams... But we didn't have no Chiefs. We had the Patriots. We had the fucking Patriots. Tommy and Gronk and Edelman and Bill Belichick back again. Shout out to Stephon Gilmore, South Carolina Gamecocks. Stand the fuck up, sir. Stand up. You're a champion, sir. You're a champion. Congratulations. Congratulations. It's your second time there. But you a champion this time. Absolutely. Last year, it went to Alshon. Shout out to Alshon Jeffrey. South Carolina Gamecocks. Stand the fuck up. Anyway. Sorry, I have to do that every time. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so, the Patriots made it. The Patriots... Um, the, fuck it. The Patriots won the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl was terrible. It sucked. The, the score was 13-3. The score was tied at 3 for a very long time. And the people didn't really start scoring, scoring until the fourth quarter. Uh, and it took the Rams forever to get three points. I think it took them damn near two quarters to get three points. Um, so the game was not great. The defenses showed up on both sides of the ball. Um, both both teams had defenses that showed the hell up. Very happy about that. But as far as uh, gunslinging performance, I wanted to see Mahomes. You know, Patrick Mahomes versus Jared Goff and the play action. I wanted to see Mahomes come out there to throw a no-look passes, my nigga, I wanted him running, I wanted him throwing it, juping it down to Tyreek Hill, I wanted him throwing that thing to Travis Kelsey, who is the best tight end in the league, fuck Gronk, okay, you know, Travis Kelsey is not as banged up, he's not as half dead, and he's really, really good, um, and he is sexy, okay, that ain't got nothing to do with this, but he's sexy, okay, God, but anyway, so... The game itself was, was kind of trash, and I was watching Golik and Wingle this morning on ESPN, and, um, which I watch every morning when I'm getting ready to go to work, and, you know, Trey Wingle went in yesterday, he was just, you know, all you people talking about the game was boring, and this, that, and the other, blah, 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 listen, 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 the shit was boring, bruh, it was, I mean, if you weren't a football aficionado, if you didn't appreciate a good defense, if you didn't appreciate a good chess match between coaches, then yes, the game was extremely boring, but those are the same people who said that the game was boring are the same people who can't sit through a baseball game and say that baseball is boring, because that's all baseball is, is a chess game. And you have to be very, very cerebral and very, very patient for that shit to pay off dividends um, as it pertains to your excitement, okay? Um, so, I could see where the show or the movie, excuse me, I could see where the game itself was good for football aficionados. Um, but, I mean, as it as it pertains to straight entertainment, it, it just, it didn't, it, it hit or miss. It was not it. it. It had the lowest ratings in the past 10 years, Super Bowls. But, I mean, realistically speaking, 
their lowest in the past 10 years is still like the best that any show or any TV show, any type of event would love. Because they had like 100 million people watching. So, I mean, it was low ratings, but I mean, damn. I'll take 100 mil, right? Um, so, you know, there's that. Um, like I mentioned earlier, there's tons of controversy with the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, it's, I hate to be like this, it's almost like an us versus them type of, type of thing, you know what I mean? Um, and the unfortunate part is, is that it kind of interweaves into our regular life, like, um, so... The football players are, like, the working class, okay, obviously. They're the laborers, okay, they're the ones out here getting CTE. They're the ones out here getting concussed, getting high ankle sprains, ACL torn, Achilles busted, you know, arms broken, chest, you know, ripped. They're, they're the ones sacrificing their bodies to make the money to play the game that they love. Cool. I'm very sorry. But the NFL operates very much like a plantation. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Shit. I'm sorry. I didn't even want to have to say it. But it's true. You got all the white slave masters slash owners of the teams. They're telling you what you can and can't do. Where you can and can't be. All of that stuff. The moment you do something they don't like, they can blackball you. They'll stop you from being paid. They'll stop you from playing. They'll do whatever they want. If if what you're doing is affecting their bottom line, by any means necessary, they're going to get you the fuck out of here. I don't know. Because I, I like my money more than I care about you. It's basically what it is. And if you take that theme... And you spread it really thin across everything that's going on over the past three to four years now since Colin Kaepernick took his his historic and epic knee that caused him to never be able to work in the NFL a fucking again. Okay? Yet, anyway. Um, if you stretch that all the way over those years, you know, that's kind of where we're at. So obviously you have some white people that agree, you know, and then there's some black people that disagree with the black ideal and, you know, vice versa. But for the most part, you've got a liberal group of individuals, black and white, who believe that the owners are fucked up for this. And then you have the conservative people, black and white, who are loyal to a flag that is only... The flag is only... uh, it's, It's a mere prop... And it's only been that way since 2009. Before 2009, nobody gave a shit about the national anthem at the, the fucking games. In 2009, the NFL made the deal with the Department of Defense to put this forced patriotism thing going. Okay? To give the illusion that Americans care about their damn country. Alright? That was the plan. It was placed. It was put into place probably 2008, and it took effect 2009. All right. So, if you look at our country, if you look at who supports uh, 
45 and who doesn't the makeup is pretty much the same if people pretty much fall in the same categories or the same positions that they would if you ask about this protest this national anthem protest you know the conservatives who support Trump and support the shenanigans are going to, for the most part, say, well, he shouldn't be doing that. No, he's disrespecting the flag. Oh, no, the police officers. Oh, no, the first responders. Oh, my God, no, he's disrespecting everyone. When that's literally what no one said. Literally no one said that, okay? Um, and then you have the other people who say, well, no, no, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, is that he wants to stand up and he doesn't want to feel like he has to do the national anthem you know, festivities if that's not how he's feeling in this country at this given time. And that's the, that's the realest thing that anyone can really say. Listen, I understand that the damn song is what the song is and we do it when we do it and the flag is a part of it. But God damn it, that shit ain't for us. It just ain't. If you don't believe me, go look at the next verse of the national anthem. They that's not the whole song. That's not the whole song. The man who wrote it was a racist bastard. Okay? That's not the whole song. So miss me again with the bullshit about the national anthem. Okay? But in any case, like I said earlier, we struggle with what we're trying to... What, what are we standing for? You know? Are we still upset about this? <coughs> Excuse me. I saw a lot of people um, who said no to performing at the Super Bowl, but then they came down and they performed at Super Bowl parties and different things where these same people were at the parties who would be at the game. So really all you did was... <laughs> Really, all you did was you came down here, you got your bag for for performing, but you didn't get the most of what you could have got. If you were going to do all of that, you might as well have performed on the big stage. Don't be a pretender. I'm looking at you, Cardi B, and I love Cardi. I love Cardi. But damn, you're going to tell me that you couldn't have performed on the big show when you performed up there, Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, damn near knocked you over, jamming to your own song, you're rapping, he's on the stage with you. This guy's good friends with Donald Trump! <sighs> I digress. Because that Robert Kraft is a bit of a conundrum, because he's huge, he's good friends with Robert, uh, with, with, with Donald Trump, he, he helped get Meek Mill out of prison, he's all about prison reform, listen, this nigga's all over the place, and I love it, and I hate it at the same time. And he just, uh, he's just proof that I can feel one way about something and be totally different about this, and I'm still a stand-up guy, and I'm still pretty nice. <laughs> Nobody's got to cancel me because I'm friends with Donald Trump. Nobody has to do that. So, I don't know. I struggled with a lot of the stuff that happened over the Super Bowl. My biggest concern, biggest concern, was the, to- the, the coin toss. The coin toss was my biggest concern because they had Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s daughter out there. So, Miss Bernice King, Bernice King, uh, rep- uh, Representative John Lewis, okay? Oh, boy. And, um,.
Yeah, those two plus another fella. I'm trying to think of who the other the other guy was here. I, I know he's very important. Andrew Young. Andrew Young is the name of this guy. Is uh, two civil rights leaders, John Lewis, Andrew Young, and then of course Miss Bernice King, um, daughter of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. They were out there for the coin toss. For me, this was the most troublesome visual. It's like, yeah, we're in Atlanta, we're in Georgia, and we're in the South, and Dr. Martin Luther King was very much a forgiveness guy, right? Malcolm X was like, nah, and Martin Luther King's like, yes, let's forgive, let's let's try to work together, you know? So, Dr. Martin Luther King would have loved the notion, or he would have loved the spirit behind these three being there but for me i just wasn't with it i was like man what is this like i mean in the nfl i give them a lot of credit i mean a whole lot of credit the nfl really did try they tried their hardest with black people they did they really did they dug deep they did the work they went to ayanla okay they did the fucking work they said all right you know we see where we messed up at all right so let's try to do this let's try to do that the main thing that they need to do to fix their relationship with black people is to get colin kaepernick back on the field or at least give him the opportunity to be back on the field let colin kaepernick tell you he don't want to play for you you don't get to say you can't play nigga you know what i'm saying so that's what you have to do to repair your relationship with black people but they did all, everything but that they tried their hardest they they tried to get all of the people to come perform at the halftime show they tried to do all these commercials they tried to do the people coming in on espn coming in on the nfl network trying to get the celebs to do this and do that they tried their hardest it didn't work it didn't work some of the things they did were effective and some of them just no just it's just a no just a no um that was that part really bothered me when i saw them out there for the coin toss i was like whoa i said what are they doing i said what are they trying to do here and i was upset at you know i was upset at, at them for being there i was upset at the nfl for putting them there thinking this was going to be a good look you know i don't know i get it but i don't get it you know um and last but not but not least i absolutely have to talk about the halftime show because as a music head as a um artist as a creator um i love shit like that um shows listen I, I, it would be a huge dream of mine to be able to put together a show like that and pick the music and pick the effects and try to put a great show to get like that is a huge dream of mine because I just know I could do a really fucking good job at that. And I have a vision. I have a vision. Um, so for me, the, the Super Bowl halftime show is always about the vision. It's always about, you know, the transitions. What are we doing? You know, was it, was it good? I mean, Maroon Five is one of my one of my faves, honestly. I mean, what this love came out in what two thousand, maybe five, maybe six. Um, let me see. That's the first song they had, and 
Yeah, let's see. This came out in... Okay. Well, geez. Y'all don't want to give me a year, huh? 2004. Okay, so I was close. I was close. Um... Yeah, so so the song so so the music has been out since two thousand and four. So I mean they have a nice successful what is this nineteen so fifteen year career. So I'm not mad at the selection. They have bops, they got slaps. Like if you listen to at least the first two, three, maybe even four Maroon Five albums, like you could let the albums go. I mean it's all about what your cup of tea is because not a lot of people can dig it. His voice is a bit nasally. Alright, my man Adam, okay? And I, you know, I had no idea he had all that body up underneath that shirt. Listen, <laughs> I'm here for him taking his shirt off, baby. Um, but, so if it, it might not be for everyone, but for me, I enjoyed uh, Maroon 5 tremendously. So most of the songs that they sang, I knew them. And I was singing them for the most part. She Will Be Loved would probably always be one of my favorites. It was one of those songs that was always playing on VH1 and MTV and you got tired of it. But the song is so pretty. It's so pretty. It's so damn pretty. But anyway, so, um, so, you know, I enjoyed the fact that it was them. And then, um, you had Travis Scott come and Travis Scott, he came and did Sickle Mode, which is his uh, latest song. It's a huge smash off his his latest album. It's got a it's a three parter. I mean, the song is three songs in one. Um, the first part of the song is just Drake. I didn't have a clue what it was, and for the longest time, I did not even know that this was all one song. I got pissed off one day at DJ Envy on the Breakfast Club for playing the shit. In the beginning of the song, it sounds so dope. Drake's singing, he's talking, he's about to rap, the beat goes completely bananas, and then it changes, and every time I was like, well, wait a fucking minute, what is the song, and I used to get so upset at DJ Envy, like, what is going on, until I pulled it up on my streaming service, I, I use Tidal, and I'm listening, and I'm like, oh, so this is how the shit goes, goes. Oh, okay. So there's the beginning, then there's the sickle mode part that Travis Scott performed, and then the last part is Out Like a Light, which is the um, the Drake portion of the song as well. I think Travis Scott also has parts on there too. So, I mean, his performance was lackluster. I mean, it wasn't that great. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't great. I mean, it is what it is. Um, a lot of the a lot of the people didn't really want him to to do it because the idea was you are so young and you have this platform and you have all of these not just black kids but white kids looking to you you know use the platform let them know this is why we can't be a part of this da 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 you know um his platform is different than say Gladys Knight's platform right cause see all the people that, that really care about what Gladys Knight's talking about they're the same age and they don't even care what these kids are talking about right now. They're happy that they're out here, you know, they're happy that they're out here, you know, supporting the situation and, and trying to affect change, but nah, it's, it's not going to resonate with older people the way that it would with younger, younger people, these people, and, and they're actually the future of, of the country, so you might want to influence them the best way possible. Not to say that him performing there would let people know, see, it's not a big deal, but that's always the idea. 
That's always the thought process, no matter how correct it is. So, yeah. So that's that was the Super Bowl and cancel culture and Liam Neeson in um, in a vacuum. I did not even get to touch on some of the stuff that I want to touch on that will definitely be in the next episode because I got off on a few tangents here so I apologize but um but yeah y'all just let me know what you think about these different things the next the next um episode I'm probably gonna try to record that this week so that I can get all of these thoughts off of this page and then start a new sheet you know for you know episode five um but for episode four I want to talk about big brother um Candy versus Tamar, because that, that it's a lot of interesting dynamics going on there. Because um, when I was watching it, it made me then think about how we treat black people. How do we treat one another versus how we treat non-black people? You know, do we keep that same energy with the non-black people that we do with the black people? You know, and vice versa, vice versa. Honestly, you know. Because I'm more prone to be more respectful to a black person than I am a non-black person. Specifically at, say, if I'm getting a phone call and somebody's being ridiculous on my phone at work or, or just my personal phone. I'm more inclined to be, like, more lenient with the black person than I am the white person, you know, or a non-black person. So, I mean, it's an interesting thing to, to, to kind of, you know, dig into. So, we'll dig into it. So, we'll dig into it. Um... Let's see. Oh, man. I wanted to talk about Michael Bennett. He was the, the senator from Colorado who completely went apeshit about that damn wall and that the government being shut down. Listen, listen. We'll, we'll revisit that. I had a JCPenney post that happened. Um, JCPenney lost their damn mind. Um, we'll talk about that next time, too. We'll talk about a personal football debate that I had a couple of weeks ago from some random guy on Instagram who doesn't know me at all. Um, and then, of course, I want to talk about my man, 21. 21 Savage. I can't believe my guy, 21, is now in a situation where he could be deported. I literally just started liking 21's music. I just started liking his music. I just started respecting this man. And now... They try to scoop him up. Part of the game is this. But anyway. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that on the next go. Um, and most likely that'll be later this week. So, as always, I hope you guys have a fantastic um, rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. And always and, and forever, bring the goddamn beat back up.